Hello and welcome to Women in Customer Success podcast. I'm Maria Skobe-Pillay, your host. I hope you're enjoying your summer so far, either working or taking a deserved break. And I'm very excited to tell you that this summer there is a lineup of amazing guests on the show. So stay tuned every second Wednesday and you will discover who these ladies are. Today on the show is a remarkable customer experience leader, Maranda Tjekonski, currently leading customer success and people operations at Swiftly. She's been named as top 100 customer success strategist for 2017 and 18, and through her thought leadership and speaking engagements, she's continually inspiring generations of customer success professionals. Today, Miranda is unlocking the world of possibilities for customer success professionals as we are talking about career paths and internal recognition, what to look for in your next employer, and trends in post-pandemic workplace. My favorite learning is a role that doesn't exist today could exist tomorrow and you could be the one that creates it. So, let's tune in. Hey Miranda, thank you so much for coming to the show. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. So Miranda, for me, one of the main goals of the podcast is really to share women's unique career stories. Tell me yours. Yeah, so I started out um, probably 22 years ago now uh, in a customer-facing role. Um, I worked in customer service, answering phones in a call center, and kind of just worked my way up from there. I wouldn't say there's anything super unique about my career story or the path I took. Um, It was just a lot of years of hard work, learning, really investing in myself and making sure that I was, you know, staying on top of the trends and the things that were happening in the customer facing world and finding some great mentors. Um, So it's part that, and it's also kind of part luck of being in the right place at the right time um, and having leaders who invested in me. Um, So nothing super unique, definitely a path. Well, I do think there is definitely not only a path, but a lot of unique things about you. One of them is that currently you are holding a position of vice president of customer success and people operations at Swiftly. Interesting combination. We don't see that very often, so definitely hugely unique, right? Obviously, I can see some connections between, you know, growing, developing, retaining customers, same as growing, retaining and developing your people internally. Was there any particular point that you decided that you are naturally doing the both? I really wonder how did that happen? It's really interesting. I want to say that anyone who's worked in seed stage, series A, series B startups, one of the things that you will know to be true is you do everything. You wear many hats, even if you don't hold the title. You know, the CEO is answering the door when someone knocks to deliver a package and answering support tickets and your customer success folks are sometimes helping out with sales and marketing and product and you know you really do a lot and you wear a lot of hats so over the years just naturally being in the early stage startups 
partner very closely with some very talented professionals and you learn things along the line um, or along the way. That's kind of what happened to me. A few years ago, I did take a COO role and it was my first time um, formally in a capacity owning people ops, um, even though I'd been involved a lot previously in previous years around, you know, doing my own recruiting and my own structure around performance reviews and things like that at other companies. Um, this was my first time formally owning it uh, and really understanding all the legal things that you need to know behind the scenes. Now, not to bore everybody, but there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes and people ups. Uh, it's definitely uh, a lot of work in that regard. But uh, the correlation, you, you hit it right on the nose. If you think about the customer funnel and the customer journey and a team member, you know, new hire funnel and you know, journey, if you map them out on a whiteboard, they're very similar, um, kind of eerily so, to where you want to think about retention and making sure you are thinking through your enablement programs, such as training your customers and training your team and setting them up for growth and making sure your retention is high and, you know, that you're expanding their skill sets on both the customer and the people outside. So it's really interesting if you think about it in that regard. Did the CEO role happen before your customer success leadership role? I was in customer success probably or prior to taking a COO role. Um, it was for a small seed pre-series A company. Unfortunately, we didn't make it. As the statistics here in Silicon Valley are, I think it's like 50% uh, fail rate. Those of us who are in those earlier stage startups know that it's always a risk and it's a risk that's worth taking because it's so fun to build out things. So yeah, that was prior. It was kind of in the middle. I would call it like a sandwich, right? So I was a VP of customer success before, COO, VP of customer success after. Being over customer success is really where my passion lies. I mean, definitely you have amazing leadership experience, you know, CEO, VP. It's not that it just happens like this to everyone. And I guess it's a pretty unique career path or career story. Talking about career paths in customer success, I follow your activities and I love your thought leadership on different career paths in customer success. What do you see the current trends? So what, what are the few typical paths that we can see out there? I've watched over the past five, 10 years, uh, a big evolution in customer success in general. You'll note that in a lot of the bigger startups, they're splitting off different specializations, right? So you have less CS generalists. So you'll have everything from CS operations, implementation, training, renewals, professional services. I'm seeing a lot of customer success marketing as well. I think that it's, we're going to continue to see more and more of these types of specialized functions pop up as companies grow and become more mature as organizations or the customer success group within the companies grow and become more mature. Um, so I really think the sky is the limit here on what we, we could see under the customer success umbrella. Because if you think about the goal of customer success, it is to increase the overall lifetime value of the customer and to really make sure that the customer is achieving value, outcome, and ROI on your product. Um, so if you think about instead of the things that need to be done uh, you know, as one-offs and everything kind of correlates and ties together, uh, really you could come up with a lot of functions that could sit under the CS. Uh, umbrella. So we can see people go out from CS department, 
into the product roles, into marketing roles, operations, and it is so closely co related. So obviously those skills are very transferable. So you have the experience of being in customer success and then in COO, one of the highest roles. We often hear that customer success is an amazing ground for any other role, or especially COO. So what would you say is not typical, but very common path from CS world into more leadership or higher leadership positions? Yeah, that's a really good question. So typical is, of course, um, you stay within customer success and you make your way up that ladder. You become a director, senior director, VP, senior VP, and chief customer officer. Non-typical is definitely moving into other areas. Uh, and I wouldn't say non-typical, but if you're, you're looking to go into marketing or if you're looking to go into product, you definitely, I've definitely had a lot of my customer success managers go into those areas because you work really heavily with marketing, you work really heavily with product, like that logically makes sense, right? But to go into more of a COO role and how, you know, that works or that fits, generally it's for an individual who has their hands kind of in everything. So if you are someone who dabbles in everything within your organization, so you, you, definitely wouldn't be a specialist. You're going to be a generalist to the max where you're not an expert in any one area, but you know enough about each area to be a little bit dangerous. That's when you're going to be able to exit maybe the customer success umbrella and kind of expand your role to beyond that, but still have customer success with you and under you. Um, and that's where it led me. I find myself to be a bit more of a generalist. Um, I'm not heavily you know, I'm not heavily an expert in any one area, but I know enough about each area to be able to help make an impact or to set up teams to make an impact, remove barriers for them so they can be successful. You know, recently I've seen your great post on LinkedIn where you asked young professionals what they would like to do next in their careers. And you mentioned how most of the times their answers are, I want to be a manager, lead a team, run a department, etc. So for me, it's interesting because in customer success world, we are learning always that success means so many different things for different customers. But then in our own careers, sometimes it still seems to be a perception that someone needs to go into the leadership role to be seen as successful or they lack skills or, you know, something is wrong with them. What are your thoughts on it and what could be the reasons behind uh, yeah, thank you for calling out that post. That's funny. It's still just creating a ton of buzz. Um, I've just surpassed 20,000 views on it. So it's kind of exciting. And I think it's because it, it touches a raw nerve with a lot of people. Um, either, you know, somebody finds themselves kind of stuck in that loop of not knowing where they should go for the next step in their career, or you're a leader and you don't know how to provide a path for your team member. I honestly think that this kind of goes back to the core of what we're taught early on. You finish this and then you do this next thing, right? So we finish high school and then we go to college and having a bachelor's degree is better than having our diploma and then having a master's degree is better than having our bachelor's degree. Really, it's just a replication in the career world of what we've been taught our whole lives. The, one of the comments was called out by Boaz and he, he actually called out like this is a systematic education issue of, of Western culture 
where we are taught this way. And I, I, don't quite un, I don't quite know how to break it yet, to be candid. And that's why I posted it. I wanted to get feedback from various professionals around how do you break that? How do you show your teams that, you know, not everybody needs to be a manager to be successful? Like, I think we logically know that. Uh, we logically know that it's okay if you don't want to be a people manager. It's okay if you want to, you know, manage a process or manage a function, but not manage people. But sometimes the logical part of our brain doesn't communicate super well with, you know, the other side of our brain that, you know, we know that the perception is if we're not, you know, moving up in title that we might not be successful. Um, so how do we balance that? And that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. How do you position that with team members? As you said, logically, yes, we wouldn't think of that as only progression. But when you think of people who want some recognition, who wants to get promotions, this almost seems to be the most logical part. You know, someone is promoted from customer success manager into the manager of the team. So, you know, logical promotion sounds great. If we are not doing those kinds of promotion, what are the other ways that you can promote behaviors and hard work of, of people within your organization? How can you show them that you appreciate them? How can you show them and show in front of the whole company their achievements? What are the other ways? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. And that is a very, that's a really tough question because you could go so many different ways with it, right? So let's first talk about the career component, right? I think CS leaders need to really take a look at the overall functions that are within their organization. And if you have a group of generalists who are doing a little bit of everything, really watch out for the moment to when you can start peeling back the layer of the onion and segmenting out those responsibilities to where individuals can grow into that and grow into specialists if that's what they, they desire to do. And they can own the creation and the evolution of those functions, right? So that's definitely one way to allow folks or help folks grow. Another way is definitely utilizing segmentation of accounts. And when you come in, you are at an associate level and you have more entry-level accounts. Um, and then as you grow and evolve, you get you know, more strategic accounts as you learn to build out that strategic mindset and that framework, right? So you, can, you could take a look at segmenting out you know, your customer base to help promote that. Now to get back to your original question is how do you make this more prominent in the organization to where folks can visibly be acknowledged for their achievements? That's gonna depend on the organization and it's gonna depend on the manager. Um, a few things you could do that are pretty easy is set up a OKR, Objectives Key Results Framework, um, to where every team member owns a component of the team's success and it's publicly celebrated. Uh, if you think about your company goals in quarter snippets, how are you uh, enabling your team members to contribute to that? And when they do contribute to that, how are you publicly celebrating it? How are you calling it out in Slack? Um, how are you calling out the little wins or the projects that are being created, right? You, you do have to manufacture these moments of celebration. Uh, but by doing so, you could be feeding a part of the brain uh, for your team member that they need to continue to inspire them and motivate them to, to do what they do every day. 
I know that's a really long-winded answer, so I want to call that out. But I wanted to hit both thinking about career paths and career ladder, but also just internal recognition. Because while it's important to have a career path, I think internal recognition is so crucial. And I think it's something that we don't do enough of. I agree. And, you know, very often we kind of know that people don't work only for financial benefits, but very much for, you know, getting that recognition and being recognized within their organizations. What are those incentives and how can you not only financially incentivize your folks that are, you know, let's say in that strategic customer success role, and you would like them to stay there because they are, you know, amazing. They have so much experience. You wouldn't like them to go somewhere else where they could, uh, you know, have a bigger jump in a salary. What do you think organizations should do proactively to keep them? Provide them with learning opportunities, provide them with the ability to still grow and grow the skill sets that Um, are going to enable them for success. Uh, You know, what does that look like? Gosh, it gets hard. I I always think smaller series A, series B startups. A lot of this is a little bit easier when you're larger and you have more resources. You know, what this could look like is having, you know, a lot of cross-functional projects, having a genuine, honest conversation with your team member about what their desires and their goals are, if it's outside of management and how can we get them those skill sets, right? So let's say you have a team member who is incredibly passionate about customer engagement um, and the behaviors that drives engagement. There's a lot you could do with that, right? If you unpack it, there could be a partnership with marketing to think around marketing or help with marketing strategy, a partnership with product to think about customer lifecycle management and journey management, Um, and how they can impact that, right? So orchestrating those moments uh, internally or helping them facilitate those uh, moments so they can learn cross-functionally. Also, take a look at all of the great uh, uh, training and learning opportunities that are available outside of the company. Um, There are a lot of great customer success resources out there now for folks that want to grow and evolve within their current role. And, you know, tapping into that could be incredibly helpful And then also finding a mentor, helping them find a mentor that isn't within your organization, but externally, somebody who is maybe doing customer success a little differently um, can really help them think about the things that they're doing every day differently and how they can tweak and change those to make an impact. I guess in a nutshell, what I'm saying is find ways to help them change things up to where it doesn't become stagnant. It's still exciting. They feel like they're growing and involving their skill sets um, and then help facilitate that, help move it forward. Um, And also don't forget, publicly celebrate those things within the organization so they don't feel like they're doing these things in a vacuum. Thanks for providing these really great practical tips. You know, it's still in my mind, uh, the conversation that we are having about moving into managerial roles and, and, you know, why it is that perception that either you're moving up or you're not successful enough. I guess I'm still a millennial and, and I feel that young generation, you know, we've been growing up having people like Mark Zuckerberg running the tech industry of today, uh, having those kind of examples of very young CEOs, very young leaders out there in the world. And I guess that the perception comes per se as there are young people doing it, you should be able to do it. If not, you know, you might not be successful enough. 
career ladder is just you know one way of describing careers but i i won't forget reading through you know Sheryl Sandberg's book when she is introducing not career ladder but the jungle gym and finally you know getting people to think more about moving sideways not only moving up ways as the logical career progression you know if we are still having the conversation of if you're not a manager you're not successful enough are we really struggling to embrace that concept of jungle gym and utilizing our talents in a different ways than just moving up yeah well first i want to call out one thing there's a very big difference between being a leader and being a manager anyone can be a leader you do not need the manager title to be a leader within your organization. As a matter of fact, at Swiftly, in my mind, without even uh, digging too deep, I can think of 10 folks that I view as leaders in our organization that either A, are fresh out of college um, and don't have a lot of formal work experience, or B, do not have a manager title. And I think that says a lot for the possibilities. Just because you're not formally a manager within a function doesn't mean you can't lead. So find something you're passionate about and lead on it, right? Teach, bring people along. Um, and that's going to flex that leadership muscle. And then the second component, are we doing enough, uh, you know, with the whole jungle gym analogy, I'm going to say the answer is no, and that's precisely why I asked the question on LinkedIn that I did. The answer is no, because it's a difficult question, I think, that a lot of people um, either A, don't have time to tackle within their organizations, um, or B, it's been tackled in the wrong way at the larger organizations. So segmenting out the smaller companies, it's really tough to think about what the jungle gym would look like, because you don't have the need for those roles quite yet. So it's hard to kind of map it out and, and map out what it would look like. And at larger organizations, I, I hate to say this, but generally HR takes this off in a vacuum and they figure out what does the career ladder look like and what does the jungle gym version look like? And sometimes it's not based in complete reality with what uh, team members want. Um, or team members need. So um, it may not feel like it's directed at them. And when that happens, most likely folks leave for the next opportunity and to find a place that does understand them. I, I don't think we're doing enough. I think that there's a lot of great intent though. And I think it's really important and crucial that the young professionals are having those conversations. Be brave, right? Be brave and have conversations with your manager, have conversations with your HR professional, if there is one, about your aspirations and, you know, kind of what you, you would like to do. If you don't know, if you have no idea, which a lot of folks don't, and that's okay, then let your manager know, you know, I don't know what I want my career path to be and start having that dialogue so you can at least ask the questions or be uh, fed information to ask yourself the questions about where you could possibly go. I've seen on numerous occasions a role that doesn't exist today could exist tomorrow, and you could be the one that creates it. That is really golden advice. So thank you for, for sharing it with the listeners. As you are in people operations and we are going through or entering post-pandemic workforce, what do you think will be the most important things that customer success individuals and any other business individual will be looking for in an employer, in an organization they really want to give their time and talents to? 
I mean, we're, we're entering into a very different world where it is no longer an employer. Well, it's no longer an employee market, but an employer market, right? So they're going to be, I think, fewer jobs available. I hate to say it, but I, I'm seeing it already happen. And it's true. I think it's really crucial that employers, if you want to attract the best talent, you have to be customer centric and customer success. When you're out looking for your next job, really hone in with these companies on how they feel about customer success. Make them give you examples of how they're setting their customers and their teams up for success. If you join a company where customer success is not prioritized, it's going to be incredibly hard for you to be successful and it's going to be incredibly hard for you to set your customer base up for success. So I think those are really crucial. And what about just the ways of working? What do you think would be the next trends that they would want to see in organizations? I, you know, I don't know. I think that's what we're all trying to figure out right now. What is going to be the next trend? But I will say right now, the trend is that I'm seeing is a remote first culture. Um, a lot of folks are, a lot of companies are getting rid of their offices and allowing for more flexibility around, um, you know, working from home and not having to physically be in an office. Uh, it's mostly for the safety of the community, the team, and, and, and folks' families. But I think that this trend is going to continue. Um, so it's going to completely change uh, work as we knew it beforehand. I don't think we will, at least not in the next year or so, ever, or I, I won't say ever, but at least not in the next year or so, go back to full-time in an office with everyone in an office. And I don't know if we ever will. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting. Very interesting predictions. For the very end, do you have anyone you admire in particular in business? I have many folks I admire, but specifically around uh, customer growth, I follow Tiffany Bova. If you've never listened to her talk, she just has a very like straightforward way about the way she communicates. You know, she is definitely an amazing evangelist for customer success and customer experience overall. Um, so she uh, is a Salesforce employee. Uh, she's really awesome to listen to. Thanks, Miranda. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. I really appreciate uh, you inviting me to join you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Leave a review on Apple Podcasts at Spotify and connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. Hope you're having a great summer. Speak soon.